In the second talk in volume 14 on Parshas Re'e, the Rebbe addresses a word that's used four times in the Torah in uh, close succession. And uh, yet, Rashi deals with it differently each time. The Rebbe analyzes where Rashi is commenting, what he's commenting, why he's commenting, why he changes what he says, etc. So let's dive in. The first verse is in the portion of uh, Eschanan. And over there it says, Va'atem hadveikim ba'ashem alikechem chayim kulchem hayom yuhu cleave to the Lord your God. You are all alive today. Rashi doesn't tell us anything about what the word dveikim, what it means to cleave to Hashem. He leaves it unstated. In the beginning of Parshas Ekev, it says, "As Hashem tira, Hashem your God, you shall fear. him you should serve. Sidbak, to him you shall cleave. shaveya, and in his name you shall swear." Rashi here also doesn't explain what it means to tidbak, uvay sidbak, what it means to cleave to Hashem. He does address what this verse is trying to say. And he says, Hashem, your God, you should fear and serve him and cleave to him. When you do all of the, these things, then then you're worthy of swearing, of taking an oath in God's name. But if you're not doing these things, you're not worthy of taking an oath in God's name. But still, he doesn't actually explain to us what it means to cleave to Hashem. Fast forward to the end of Parsha Sekev. Here the verse says again, um, God says, Rather, you shall guard all of these mitzvot, the commandments, that I am instructing you today to do them. To love Hashem your God. To follow in all of His ways. And to cleave to Him. So here Rashi explains, what does it mean? To go in all of Hashem's ways. He is merciful. You should be merciful. He does kind deeds. So you too should do kind deeds. And then on the word, and cleave to him, Rashi asks the question, could it say that you should cleave to Hashem? He's a consuming fire. How can you possibly cleave to God? But rather, he cleave to the sages and the, the scholars and I will consider it as if you are cleaving to him. Finally, in this week's Parsha, in Parsha's Re'e, it says in the verse, You shall follow Hashem your God. Him you shall fear. His commandments you shall guard. And you shall hearken to His voice. And Him you shall serve. And to Him you shall cleave. Rashi says, What does it mean, cleave to Him? Cleave to His ways. Do kind deeds. Bury the dead and visit the sick as God himself has done. So, what is Rashi dealing with here? What's going on with all of these differences? In our case, in, portion, in the portion of Ray, seemingly, Rashi, why is Rashi saying, what does it mean to cleave to God, to do kind deeds, such as burying the, the, the dead and visiting the sick? He's 
seemingly answering that same question. How could you possibly cleave to God? So he's saying, what does it mean to cleave to God? It means to cleave to his ways. But we have to figure out how does, how does this all fit together? The first two times the Torah used the term tidbak or dvekim, to cleave to God, Rashi didn't feel the need to interpret it, which means he felt that it was simply understood. Whereas the third time in the portion of Akev, he says, he explains, sidbak, to connect to the scholars and to the sages, whereas in this in in this instance he explains uledavka by to connect to God means sorry uvaisidbakon and, and and cleave to God means to cleave to His ways. What's going on? Why does he interpret these different things in different ways at different times? Now. The fact that he doesn't explain in this verse in Re'e that it means to, uh, to, 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 uh, to, to uh, sorry, why in Akev, in the previous instance, he didn't explain that it means to connect to Hashem's ways, as he explains it here in the portion of Re'e, seems to be obvious, because the Torah there says clearly, to go in Hashem's ways. So to cleave to God there can't mean to follow in His ways, as Rashi explains here, because it already said to follow in His ways, therefore he had to interpret it differently, as meaning to connect to, to the sages. But Still, you have the question, why not stick to the same interpretation here? And what about the two other instances that he didn't feel the need to interpret it at all, which implies that over there he felt it was understood on a basic level. Also, the rabbi asks, you have to understand the end of the Rashi. He says, Gemal chasadim, do kind deeds, kavar mesim, bury the dead, ubaker chaylam, and visit the sick. Now, burying the dead and visiting the sick are all included in Gemal chasadim, in doing kind deeds. Must be, he's saying, do kind deeds, such as specifically these two, bury the dead and visit the sick. The question is, why does he choose these specific ones? First of all, when he explained in the previous parsha what it means to follow in Hashem's ways, he didn't feel the need to explain what he means by Gamal Chasad and by doing kind deeds. He says, just as God does kind deeds, you too should do kind deeds, and left it at that. And also... If he is, if does feel the need to interpret what it means to do kind deeds, why does he choose these two, bury the dead and visit the sick? What about the much more obvious, common usage of the word, gemel chasadim, do kind deeds, which is to help other people financially, which the Torah clearly tells us, that we're obligated to lend money to our, to, our, to our brethren when they're in need of assistance. Why doesn't he specify that, which is spelled out more clearly in the Torah than the two examples he chooses? Finally, Rashi's source for his interpretation is in the Talmud and Sota. But Rashi makes several changes and leaves certain things out. The Talmud derives this, first of all, on the words, Achri Hashem who follow Hashem your God. And it says like this, it says, Baruch what does it mean to follow Hashem your God? Just as God uh, um, clothed the naked, clothed those who were in need of, uh, of, of, uh, of clothing. And just as God consoled the mourners, so too shall you, and then goes on to say also the two examples that Rashi brings. Rashi leaves out the two examples of uh, clothing the naked and comforting the the, uh, mourners, and chooses only to use these two examples of visiting the sick and, uh, and burying the dead. Furthermore, in the Talmud, it brings sources from the Torah for each one of these. Clothe the naked as God clothed Adam and Eve. Um, comfort the mourners as as God comforted 
Isaac after the passing of Abraham. Um, bury the dead as 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 God buried Moshe, as God buried Moses, as it says at the end of the Torah, that God buried him over there in Gai. And um, finally, he brings also and and uh, and visit the sick as God visited the sick as God visited uh, visited Abraham after his brit milah after his circumcision. Why does Rashi leave out the examples that the Talmud brings of where you see in the texts of the Torah that God did, did these particular behaviors, did these particular actions, and also why does Rashi choose to say bury the dead before visiting the sick? both in terms of the examples given from the Torah. Visiting the sick was with Abraham, way at the beginning of the Torah. Burying the dead is with Moses, way at the end. And in terms of a person's life, sickness usually comes before death. So why does Rashi change the order and say first bury the dead and only then visit the sick? To explain all of this, the Rebbe says you have to think about what the words vacuum, what it means to cleave to God. To explain what the word means, he argues Rashi doesn't need to. Why? We have a text earlier in the Torah that says about Shem with the daughter, with, 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 uh, with, uh, with um, Dina, Jacob's daughter, Yaakov's daughter, that Vatidba Knafshay Bedina, his soul cleaved to Dina, Vayav Asanara, and he loved the girl. In other words, the Torah has already clearly stated that what does it mean to cleave to somebody to love them? And therefore, when the Torah says, You are cleaved to Hashem, your God, Rashi doesn't feel there's a question of how can you cleave to God. It means to love God. Similarly, when it says, When the Torah tells you, To him you shall cleave. So the first time we're saying what you're currently doing. The second time is telling us what we should continue, what we're instructed to continue doing in the future. Cleave to God. Love God. That's simple. That Rashi doesn't need to interpret. But when it says it the third time, Uledavka by at the end of Akev, it says, and to cleave to God over there, you can't explain that it means to love God because it already said it in the verse itself, La'ava Hashem to love Hashem your God and follow in his ways. So it already mentioned loving. What is then cleaving to God if it's not? If it doesn't mean in this instance to love God, therefore Rashi says, well, you have to explain it then. And as we said, he can't say that it means to follow in God's footsteps and do his ways, because it also says, to follow in all of his ways. So must be means to cleave to him. How is it possible to cleave to him? To cleave to the sages, and therefore it's considered as if you've, as, as if you've connected to God. In this week's parsha, though, in Re'eh, here it's saying it after describing and, and discussing a Navi Sheker, a false prophet, and says that you shouldn't follow him because God is testing to see if you love Hashem your God. In other words, it already stated that you need to love Hashem your God. The whole point is that you should follow God as opposed to show that you love him as opposed to following the false prophet. So to say that it means over here love also wouldn't make sense. Why doesn't he interpret it as meaning cleave to the sages? So he feels that you can't interpret it either as cleaving to the sages. Why? Because there's a, a process, a series of statements in the verse in this portion. It's saying, follow Hashem your God, fear Him, guard His commandments, hearken to His voice, serve Him, and only finally, the last, the highest step, is the Vaisid Bakun and cleave to Him. If you're interpreting it as cleaving to the sages, well, that's a wonderful thing and a great thing, that still doesn't make sense that that would be the highest, the height of all of the statements being made in the 
the in the in the verse. So therefore, Rashi feels we have to interpret here cleave to him as cleave to God, literally to him himself. How by following in his footsteps, by doing his types of behavior, and therefore you'll be considered as if you're connected to God himself. What, 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 why does he choose the two specific items of burying the dead and visiting the sick? So the Rebbe says that also makes sense from the flow of the verse. Since it said already, as mitzvahs of Tishmeir, you have to keep Hashem's commandments, guard the commandments. So we can't be talking about cleaving to God's behavior in a way that would be otherwise included in guarding His commandments. There must be something about cleaving to God's behavior above and beyond fulfilling the commandments in a situation where the commandments wouldn't actually require you to do so. So the first example he brings, or one example for that, is visiting the sick. When God visited Abraham, there wasn't an obligation per se to visit Abraham because there were plenty of other people that would have visited him and taken care of his needs. God visiting Abraham was going above and beyond. And therefore, what is it saying? Cleave to God. Don't just follow the commandments and do what you're obligated to do, but follow in God's footsteps. Look for the behaviors that'll make you godlike, that'll connect you to God's behavior, even in circumstances where you're not required to do so. And similarly with burying the dead. He says the intention here isn't actually about when God buried Moses. When God buried Moses, there was nobody else who could do it. As 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 as, as it says in the verse that God didn't want anybody else to know where he was buried. So for whatever reasons, it's separate than this discussion. So therefore, obviously that can't be, or that would be a situation where you'd be obligated to do so because there's nobody else available. He says what it's talking about over here is when God chose to engage in burying Aaron. As you see from the fact that it says that, that Moshe and Elazar went up with him to the cave where he passed away, but they were both had the status of Kohanim Gedolim of high priest. They were not supposed to be engaged in the burial. It says immediately after his passing they leave. And then it says, and he buried him. Who buried him? So as the commentaries explain, that's a reference to God burying him. But again, this is a situation where there was the entire Jewish people that would have gladly taken care of Aaron's burial. Yet God did it himself. So again, it's an example of cleaving to God through behavior that isn't required of you, but is simply God-like in its nature by doing kind deeds, by doing something positive for somebody else, even where there's not a need really for you to be doing it because other people will, do, will, will take care of it, but you're doing it simply to be God-like in your behavior, to do kind th- kindness for somebody else. According to this, the Rebbe says you could also understand why he asked Rashi here had to interpret what he means specifically by Gemal Chasadim, what he means specifically by doing kind deeds. Whereas in Akev, when he says to follow in all of God's ways, he just says do kind deeds and doesn't interpret them. Because over there, it's it, doing kind deeds. What he means by that is any type of kind deeds. The ones you're obligated to do as a mitzvah, the ones you're not obligated to do. They're both included in following in God's ways. But over here, when it already said guard the commandments so specifically what are we talking about by kind deeds not those things that you'd be obligated to do because that had already included in the previous statement of the verse guard Hashem's commandments so it can't be talking about that therefore here Rashi needs to interpret do kind deeds specifically such as burying the dead and visiting the sick which the examples we have of God doing that behavior are not because it was an obligation but simply because it's godlike in its nature and that's what this instruction is telling us that we need to, that we need to 
to do as well. Why does it say first bury the dead before visiting the sick? So the Rebbe, the, he, he takes, Rashi chooses to say the one that first, the one that's less of a, uh, of, of a, um, of, of a novelty, and then the one that's an even bigger novelty. Both of these need to be mentioned because each one has something uniquely hard about it. Kvar mason burying the dead is extremely difficult. It's actually going and, and digging and so on, but there's no real concern of personal danger or personal damage. Visiting the sick, there's a chance of contagion, meaning there's an actual danger to the person engaging that behavior. So that Rashi spells out this requirement to do even what's not necessarily required of you, but to do kind deeds simply because they're godlike is both in the instance where it's going to take a lot of hard work, like burying the dead, and even in the instance of visiting the sick, where there's an actual danger to you. Nonetheless, you need to find a way to be able to engage in this behavior behavior. Because if that, according to that, we understand why he also skips out the example that the Talmud brings of comforting the mourners, because that's something that's usually neither extremely hard nor dangerous. So therefore, obviously, if you have to do these two, it's obvious that you have to do that case as well. Um, why does Rashi, if that's the case, if he's saying these two examples specifically of burying the dead and visiting the sick, why does he need to say, do kind deeds such as, why doesn't he leave out Gamal Chasadim, do kind deeds and just say, be like God, bury the dead and visit, and, and visit the sick? Says the Rebbe, by the way, Rashi's trying to teach you his opinion about an argument between the, between the, 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 uh, the early authorities. The Bahag and the Rambam, two of the great early sages, argue about the the nature of the mitzvot. Bahag feels that burying the dead, visiting the sick, clothing the naked, all of the acts, different acts of kindness, is each one considered a separate biblical commandments. Rambam, on the other hand, feels that they're all included in the command, biblical commandment of love your fellow as yourself, and then these details are rabbinic injunctions that specifically, that requires of us to visit the sick, that requires of us to bury the dead, etc. By Rashi saying, Gemma Chasadim do that boy. What is the translation of cleave to God? Do kind deeds, specifically bury the dead and visit the sick. Rashi is telling us, says the Rebbe, that he doesn't hold like either of those two. Rather, he holds there's a distinct biblical commandment of doing kind deeds and and all of the detailed specifics are all specifics are all elements of that biblical commandment of doing kind deeds says the rabbi there's a beautiful spiritual message over here as well why is it considering this cleaving to god as higher than guarding god's commandments as higher than doing the mitzvot he says when we fulfill when we're when we're commanded to do something that's also an act of connection that's a way of connecting ourselves to the commander it's, mitzvah comes from the word savta in Aramaic, which means to connect, to be bound. However, if a person needs to be instructed to do something, that emphasizes that there's the instructor and there's the person being instructed, and the person's being instructed to connect himself to the instructor. When the instruction is a vaisid bakum, connect to God, cleave to God, then it's beyond that. The whole idea is we're cleaving to God, and the actions are going to come almost automatically if we're connected to God automatically will act in a godlike manner and therefore will do those things that God himself does and therefore that God asks of us, demands of us. He gives an example with a story. There's a beautiful story told about the, that the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, because according to Kabbalah, 
there's this idea that on Friday afternoon before Shabbat, there's Durmita Deza, there's the spiritual concept of sleep, as it were, by the Divine just before Shabbat enters. The Alter Rebbe, it says, would always fall asleep on Friday afternoon because he acted in a way that was in accordance with what happens on on I. Rabbi Hillel Parich, one of his great students, it says, would go, he also acted in such a fashion and connected himself to doing everything as was done in the heavens. So he would go to sleep every Friday afternoon shortly for a moment or two before Shabbat began. However, the distinction is that the Alter Rebbe fell asleep, Rabbi Hillel went to sleep. In other words, the idea of cleave to God above and beyond guarding Hashem's commandments is not just that we choose to try to connect ourselves to God, but that we're so connected to God that as it were, automatically everything we do begins to be acted out in a God-like fashion, in a way that's in accordance with God's behavior, and we behave in an appropriate fashion for what it means to be truly and, 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 and completely united and connected to Hashem.